What if a few simple tweaks to your language, messaging, or processes generated more sales through your podcast? Heck yes. My conversation with sales maven Nikki Rausch was full of golden tips, including what to sell in your podcast, the art of relationship selling, how to create curiosity, and how to close more sales. You do not want to miss this episode. Let's take a listen. So, hey, welcome to the Leverage Your Podcast Show. I'm your host, Lindsay Phillips of smoothbusinesspodcasting.com. My goal is to help you leverage podcasting to skyrocket your visibility, authority, and business by sharing insider secrets from podcast industry experts, including myself, <laughs> who have created a successful business through podcasting. So let's dive in. Hey, guys, I love this topic that we're about to talk about because it's never talked about. <laughs> and that is how to sell from your podcast. We all think of downloads and converting to clients, but no one ever touches upon like how and like sales, of course, is considered that ugly word. And people are like, Ooh, so I have Nikki Roush sales maven to help us out today. And so we can sell like beasts without sacrificing our integrity. <laughs> And, and build more relationships, right, Nikki? I love that part of it. Um, I just want to let everyone know that you have a book um, that is Selling Staircase, Mastering the Art of Relationship Selling. And I think that's a key piece is that whole relationship building part of it. For sure. Absolutely. I truly believe that you have to have rapport with people and you have to put the relationship first mm -hmm. in order for you to have an effective sales conversation. I agree. And to me, it's like podcasting, like you're building listeners and you're building a relationship with those listeners. So it's like, I don't know, it all like intertwines in, right? Like you have to establish that element of trust that people have to like you. Um, but like that isn't enough. Sure. Someone might like you, but they may not buy from you. So like, can you kind of step us through and maybe give a, a little overview on like a, an effective sales process or do you know what I mean? Like how we should think about yeah. it? Yeah. So, so you mentioned the book, the selling staircase. So there's a five-step process in there that walks you through a sales conversation. So I'll, I'll talk through the, the five steps if that's Perfect. okay. And then I'll talk about how you can relate those steps to the, that the podcast yeah, yeah. Um, conversation that you're having with your listener. So the five steps of the sales uh, for an effective sales conversation, step one is introduction. So that's where people are getting exposed to you for the first time. That can definitely happen on your podcast, yes. but it can also happen when they're hearing you guesting on someone else's podcast. And the idea in this, in this step, step one of the selling staircase is to make a positive first impression. And, and that's where you start to build that no like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And then step two in the selling staircase is to create curiosity. This, by the way, is the most missed step. Oftentimes when I talk to business owners, podcast hosts, they never think, am I creating any curiosity? And do I even know how to do that? Yeah. So I teach a lot of how to create curiosity and we can dive as deep as you want in any of these steps. But 
on the podcast, there's so many opportunities for you to create curiosity by planting seeds, Yeah, you know, talking about success stories, bringing on past clients Mm -hmm. that can share success stories, doing, you know, whatever it is that your main businesses that you have your podcast for, do you ever give people the experience of what it's like to work with you? Right. Because the one thing you want is when somebody shows up to work with you, if they've been a longtime listener, they should be like, oh, Lindsay, you're the same on your podcast as you are in this context of working with you. That's super important. So you have to create curiosity. That's step two. Step three is the discovery. That's that consultation call. And in the consultation call, the objective is for you to not sell, by the way, your, your objective is to find out what's the problem, what's the need, what's the want, ask really smart questions that lead people down that path to identifying, self-identifying, Ooh, this is something I need or want, or I want to take a next step. And then in step four, that's the proposal. That's really where you are actually selling. Mm -hmm. Now that can show up in your podcast a little bit too. And I'm going to kind of jump back to that. Um, But step four proposal, that's where, you know, the objective here is to make it super easy for people to understand how to work with you. And then step five, which is the second most missed step is closing. And this is where most people think they're closing or they don't know how to close. So they don't close. And yet, if you actually never get the words out of your mouth for closing language, oftentimes people will never decide to work with you. So those are the five steps, introduction, curiosity, discovery, proposal, and close. Okay. Now from a podcast standpoint, sorry, I should pause there. No, go ahead. Because I'm just kind of like thinking through those steps and you're right. Like we don't invoke curiosity and same with even in the the conversation, a lot of people are like all talking and like giving information versus asking questions and getting them to speak. And yeah, it has to be that back and forth. So I'm glad you raised that point. Yeah. Sales, you know, I think one of the mistakes that people make about sales is they think that sales is something you do to people. Mm. And I think sales is something you do with people. And when I, what I mean by that is there's a difference between talking at people, which on a podcast, the listener is listening. And so in a way they're being talked at, however, (laughs) you actually want to talk with people. So even though the listener and responding to you, if you can ask questions that gets their mind, because our brains love questions because yeah. our brains are like Google, just like if you go to Google right now and you ask it a question, it doesn't matter what the question is. Google is going to try its best to give you an answer. Hmm. Our brains are the same way. So if you are I willing to ask your podcast listener a question and pause their brain is going to want to give them an answer. Now, even though they're not necessarily saying it back to you, Lindsay, or maybe they will reach out to you and say, which often happens. I I hear from listeners a lot where they'll be like, Nikki, on your podcast, you said this, and this is what it, you know, what I thought about here. Here's what I did as a result of what you had suggested or whatever, like that, those are those priceless moments to hear from the listener, but we have to ask them questions so that their brains can answer. Because if you never ask the question and same with working with you, if you never invite people, if you never ask people or give them an opportunity 
and you're just like, I'm going to put out the best content. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to be amazing. People are going to love my podcast. And I never, ever talk about ways to work with me. Their brain is too lazy to go. How do I work with Lindsay? Oh, totally. What do I do next? You have to make that so obvious and you have to paint that picture. You have to give them, here's the step. Here's the next thing. Here's how you go from being a listener to a subscriber to the list, right? Now we can have a more intimate conversation or here's how you go from being a listener to a buyer. And all of those things can happen and they should be happening on a regular basis on your podcast. Because I always say with offers, you're trying to hit the trifecta. You're always trying to offer the right offer to the right person at the right time. That feels like a Bermuda triangle though. (laughs) Yeah, because you don't know, you don't know what's the right offer for the right person at the right time. Right? Like, I wish I had a crystal ball and I could say like, here's your answer to this. But realistically, it's for that person to decide the listener to decide in that moment, this is the right offer. It is the right time. Like, yes, I'm, I'm ready. So that means you have to continually make offers Mm -hmm. all the time, all the time, because a listener might've heard the same thing that you said 20 times ago on 20, Mm -hmm. you know, the last 20 podcasts. And now they're like, you know what? I'm in, I'm ready. So this has to do with convincer strategy too. So I can go into that if you're interested. So I'm trying to like, for me, I know like all the missed opportunities that podcasters have. It's the way my, obviously with my industry. And so one of the missed opportunities I see is that a lot of podcasters, even guests don't necessarily post their podcast on their website because there's all that real estate, right? Like the sidebar. Mm -hmm call to actions to convert, showcasing your products and what have you. So that to me is a missed sales opportunity. So where, like what other missed opportunities are there just so we can kind of like picture it in our heads? Well, from the standpoint of like the example that you just gave, I mean, if you're going to put content and a podcast is content, if you're going to put that out to the market, it should go everywhere. Yes. So yes, I, I mean, I have a page on my website that's just for my podcast, but I also have a page on my website for where I've guested on podcasts. Yeah. And I also put my own podcast, the salesman podcast. It also goes up onto YouTube. Why not? <laughs> like, for sure. Why shouldn't it go there? That's another piece. That's, that's another platform that people use to consume content. So it definitely gets promoted into social media. And I also promote my episodes every single week in my newsletter and you have, and sometimes we promote past episodes in the newsletter too. Like, how can you, just because a podcast is done, doesn't mean you shouldn't touch it again, that it shouldn't continually be put out there. That's what's so brilliant about podcasting is that it's evergreen content. And just because you talked about it a year ago, doesn't mean it's not relevant to somebody who's just now finding it or somebody who heard it a year ago, but wasn't even ready for the message. And now it's like, ah, oh my gosh, I'm so glad Lindsay talked about this. She talked about it a year ago, but you're ready for it now. That's so true. It's like, and even when you look at your podcast stats, you can see like, oh, people are listening to an episode that's like from three years ago. I'm like, oh, (laughs) it always surprises me. 
but yeah, because it's evergreen, right? Because they're looking for topics that resonate to them right now. Um, mm-hmm. And you're right. You have to be everywhere. Not everyone is on YouTube watching videos. You know, not everyone's on Instagram. It's like you, you want to make sure that you're everywhere now. And obviously you have offers everywhere, <laughs> but mm-hmm. when yeah. you're actually like filming or, you know, doing the audio for the podcast, like how can you weave offers or seeding or sales into the actual recording? Cause that feels awkward to me. Well, you can do it through story. So story is so powerful and I love storytelling because they say stories are the language of our brain. Like our brains love story. So you might have a, a technique or a tip that you're going to give to your audience. Can you weave a story around that tip? So you could say, so the tip that I'm going to talk about today is how important it is to create curiosity, for instance. And one of the ways that you can create curiosity is by planting seeds when you're telling stories. For instance, I have a client who has now learned how to work storytelling into her, her speaking opportunities. And that is the thing that gets people going, oh my gosh, I remember that story because I heard you speak a year ago, or I heard you speak six months ago. And that story has just sat with me. And now I'm ready to do what your client did and hire you to do this. Right. So that was me taking like, not a very specific example, but you can tell a client story or you can say now, you might be asking yourself this question because this is the most common questions that clients ask me. As a matter of fact, I just did a strategy session with somebody recently. So I just planted the seed. I do strategy sessions. Exactly. Okay. Love it. So that's how you do that with story is you, you don't just give a tip or a technique or teach something, share a story and plant a seed in the story about a client's success as a result of working with you or as an offer that somebody bought from you because it plants that seed of like, oh, somebody did a strategy session with Nikki. I wonder what it's like to do a strategy session with Nikki. I'm going to go look at her website. Does she have strategy sessions on there? Yes, she does. Oh, I can book it right from her. But you know, like all these things happen. And as a matter of fact, that really did just happen to me last Friday. I did a strategy session with a listener who has been listening to my podcast for a while. She's heard me talk about strategy sessions. She's heard clients come on the podcast and talk about strategy sessions with me. So when she was struggling, she went to the website and just booked a strategy session. I had never met her before. I love it. And then later that day, because during the strategy session, I planted a seed for some other way we could work together. And later that day, she bought something else from me. Woohoo. I love it. It's almost like name dropping, but you're like casually, you're not, it's not like being in your face, like come book a strategy call with me today. It's like, yeah, you're sharing like a story. And I, for me, I always have a hard time. Like, I I don't remember stories. My memory sucks, but like when you share it that way, it's like, oh, I can do that. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And even if it's like not the perfect, really what happened, it's, it's the whole point of it. Like sharing a success story, you know? Yeah. When I filmed my podcast, I did this, or when I wrote my book, blah, 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 I did this. Or so then you can casually mention like the book, the strategy session, the coaching call or whatever it may be. 
And I love what you said about um, bringing clients on as like as a podcast. So that I think is brilliant. And I think a lot of podcasters don't naturally think to do that. I'm always so surprised. I will say that when I decided to start my podcast, one of the things I was really clear about was the purpose behind starting the podcast. Mm -hmm. So I had a very clear objective or outcome in mind of what I wanted the podcast to do. And so I knew that in order for it to do what I wanted it to do, I had to highlight clients and what it's like to work with me. Because the one thing I don't want anybody worried about is like, oh my gosh, am I going to get on a call with Nikki and she's going to be this way or that way, or she's going to do this or do that. I want them to go, I already know what it's like to work with her. Cause I've heard her work with clients. Yeah. Like I've been the fly on the wall and got to experience. This is how she talks to people. This is how she is. Right. So I already knew that I was going to bring on and do, I do on-air coaching calls with people who are in my sales maven society. So those are my, those are my members. They get a lot of access to me, but they love coming on the podcast too, Mm -hmm. because it gets to highlight their business and they get to have really like a one-on-one session with me. It's like a bonus. Yeah. It's like added value for them. It is fun and it serves a purpose for you because it's, it's giving people a sneak peek of what it, like you said, of what it's like to work with you. And if people yeah. can imagine it, then they're more likely to like say yes or sign up. Yeah. Cause our brains love association. So this is, you know, goes back to, I love everything about psychology and sales yeah. and the way the brain functions. This is from my background in neuro-linguistic programming, but oh, wow. the, the idea is that we love to be able to associate. And the thing about it is when we, when we're thinking about, oh, this is what, you know, Nikki sounds like when she's coaching so-and-so they're not really thinking this is what Nikki sounds like when she's coaching so-and-so they're, they're thinking like, this is what it would be like when Nikki's coaching me on this topic, yeah. they're thinking about it from their perspective. Cause that's how our brains work is we always relate things back to ourselves. So in a way it becomes like a future pacing of like, this is what mm. it's going to be like when I have a coaching session with Nikki, or this is what it's going to be like when I get to be a guest on her podcast. Oh, right. I never thought of that part. Yeah. Cause people naturally, I think want to relate to others. So mm-hmm. if you're sharing a story or you're doing an on-air coaching, or you're talking about a client specific story, it's like people can relate or not relate And they're like, oh, if they help that person overcome X, Y, Z, they can help me. So they totally relate. And I think that's absolute gold. I've told a couple of clients, it's like, oh, it would be great if you did solo episodes and interviewed like some of your clients on specific, you know, obstacles that they've overcome and the solutions that you help them with, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, really? And I'm like, heck yeah. (laughs) Like, I, I think as a podcaster, I think it's natural. It's like, okay, interview, or I talk about a topic. It's like, I I think that scenario doesn't come naturally. Yeah. That's so interesting. Cause I, I would agree that I have this conversation with people often too. And I'm like, have you ever thought about doing an on-air coaching call or doing a sales success story or yeah. doesn't have, I mean, for me, it's sales success, but it, for you, it could be marketing success story, or it could be mm-hmm. podcast success story or whatever you want it to be, whatever your business is. But having your client come on and say, 
you know, this is what I did, which is highlighting them and it's showing them in their best light It's highlighting their business. And then they say, you know, this is what I did. And, you know, when Nikki, you know, when you had suggested that I, you know, make my offers lay out a little bit differently. And all of a sudden everybody started picking this offer, which was the offer I wanted to sell. And I, I've already seen this huge success. Now they're saying it, not me going like, Hey, my clients get so much yeah, success because totally. I'm such a big deal. Like, I don't ever want it to be like, no, no, look at me. Right. It has to be about the client, but when they say it and they reference it back to me, it builds credibility for yeah. the audience because now it's not just Nikki saying it about a client. It's the client coming on and going, yeah, this is what happened. Yeah. It's, it's like the perfect scenario. Yeah. So we have seating in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to like selling, like can we sell products? Should we like try yes. to sell big programs? Only yes. the lead magnets? Like yes. what is the right thing to quote unquote sell during a podcast? I think you have to have a combination. So, mm. you know, um, we, on my podcast, we do dynamic ads. So dynamic right. ads for probably everybody yeah. listening maybe already knows what they are, but so it feeds back to all the, you know, previous episodes, right? So Sometimes we do pre-roll ads, sometimes we do mid-roll ads, and sometimes we do um, post-roll ads. So beginning, middle, end of the podcast. And I throw in different things all the time. Sometimes it's an offer that is going to cost somebody money. When I don't have an offer that I'm promoting right then for to cost people money, then it's some kind of a free thing. Now, I actually have a page on my website or a page for my listeners where they get multiple resources, but I never promote the page and the multiple resources. I always promote a resource because the other thing is you can muddy the waters with your promotions. If you talk about too many things, you'll confuse the mind of the listener. So I think it's really important that you keep, anytime you're talking about an offer. It needs to be one offer. So yes. it's not like do a strategy session with me, join the self payment society, become a VIP client. Like, no, no, it's either this is what it, you know, this is the strategy session offer, or here's an offer for an awesome download. And here's what you're going to get out of it. I created this for you. And, you know, this is how you can use it in your business. So you talk about that, even though when they go to that page, they're like, oh, there's a couple other things. There's this training that Nikki did about this. And there's this other ebook download. Like they're all there for my listeners, but I'm only going to promote one thing at a time because I, I never want to muddy the waters for the listener. I want it to be so clear when they take an action, what they can expect to get. Yeah. And especially with audio, because they could be driving, walking in the kitchen. It's like, they're not going to remember 50 things. Um, just keep them focused. Now, how do you frame it? Like to me, it's like in my head, I'm like, if this topic resonates and you want to take action and do the next step, you know, I have this go here. If you're interested, it's like, what is the right way to like frame quote unquote, that next step for them to take? Well, okay. So one thing I'm going to comment about when you are making offers, you want to beware of using if statements. Oh, this is very like sales. Like this is Nikki sales, neuro-linguistic programming stuff. Because when you say, if this offer resonates, 
you're essentially saying to the brain, slow down, think about it, make sure. But when you say this offer is for you, when you want to X, Y, Z, now they're like, I want to X, Y, Z I'm going not if not think about it. It's like, yeah, that's me. I self-identify I'm in. So I try to alleviate, eliminate using if statements when I'm actually making offers. So it's like, this offer is for you when that's language that I would encourage people to use and then be really clear about the benefits that they're going to receive. People are less interested in like, it's nine trainings and it's this, and it's this there. It's more like, here's what you're going to be able to do as a result. This offers for you when you want to write better emails and you want to stop having people ghosting you and you are ready to make offers in your emails that convert for people to buy from you. Like that's like, Oh, I want that. So here's, how do I get that Nikki? And here's how you get it. Go to and make it super simple. Yeah. Yeah. Super concise. I love that because it's all results oriented because people just want to get to the end goal. I want this. What do I need to make it happen? (laughs) Where do I go to get it? (laughs) Yeah. 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 That information. If I can build off that. Okay. Are you okay if I build off it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The other thing I would encourage is beware of talking about this can do this for you. Mm. That sounds like maybe it could be okay. This will do this for you because you should really only be selling things that you're confident about that. You know, that if they or not, if when they take action, Uh these are the results they're going to get. Yeah. So talk about this will do this. Okay. This is what will happen. Not this can happen. This will help you. Yeah. I also language makes such a big difference. eh? It's not something that you naturally think about because you're just typing something you're saying something. And of course, you know, we're all like, especially as Canadians, apologetic for everything. So (laughs) it's like, yeah, you, you really need to think about the language that you're using, that it makes a huge impact. It really does. I mean, that's the piece that I love so much around sales is how you can tweak one word, one little statement, and it lands so much different to the listener or to the reader, depending on how you're making your offer. So this is the, this is the piece that I get. I totally geek out on language when it comes to sales. And this is the piece that I'm known for with my clients too, is I rewrite a lot of their messaging because they're like, yeah, Nikki, take a look at this. And, you know, and it's like these, you know, I take this one sentence and I tweak this, like this, this little phrase that you're using. And let's say this instead. And they're like, yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. It's hard to do that for yourself. So it's easy it to is. do it for other people. And you obviously are an expert in sales. So you understand that psychology and especially with the neuro-linguistic background, it's like, yeah, we just can't see the forest for the trees. And just to tweak that simple messaging or how you conduct a conversation, Mm -hmm. it's like it can make or break sales. Like, why not? Yeah. (laughs) I love that. The more you can create, the more you can create safety, the easier Mm. you can make it for people to buy from you, the more likely they are. And unfortunately, many people when it comes to sales is they're just putting up all these roadblocks unintentionally. Yeah, yeah. Like I know your intentions are good, but you're putting up these roadblocks either because you're uncomfortable with the thing about like talking about selling something or, you know, and so I often hear people go, I just want to educate people and then Mm. they'll buy from me. 
No, they won't. (laughs) (laughs) And frankly, not everybody wants to be educated. And really in sales, your job is to not deliver what you think people want. Your job is to find out what people want and then deliver that. Mm. That's so good. Now I'm thinking about all of my sales processes and how much they need to change. (laughs) That's a good thing though, Nikki. It's a good thing. Um, It's probably the tiniest little thing. Honestly, most of the time when I make tweaks to people's stuff and their processes, it's like one little thing here, one little thing there. And they're like, oh, all of a sudden this. I know, right? Easier. Yeah, true, true. I love you. And so I know like people do intros on their podcasts, outros. And I have seen people have a really long intro and it's like giving, you know, URLs up the yin yang about their program, about their website, about this, that, and the other. And though to me, that's like a big no, no, because you're like, they haven't even started listening to the podcast yet. You're like boring them to tears. But it's like, what other mistakes have you seen podcasters make and what tweaks could we make to optimize sales a little bit better? Well, I think I actually, I I think you might agree with this because I think I heard this on one of your podcast episodes where we know that podcast listeners love to binge. Yeah. Right. They're like most podcast listeners are like Netflix people too. Like we binge things. And so the, the example that you just gave about these long intros or these long outros, the mistake is that people might be listening for the first time, but they also might be binging. And now they've heard you say this thing 10 times. And now it's annoying (laughs) that you're taking so long to do that for the binger. This is why they put on Netflix, skip the, you know, like when you're watching intro, like skip intro, like be careful, make sure that it's Mm. super concise. And I still always like to go back to, you know, you'd asked about some other mistakes, but I always like to go back to tell people what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them and wrap it. One of the big mistakes I think podcasters will make is they'll drone on and on and on. Like it's like beating the dead horse, which I know is not a very good analogy, but like, okay, you've said it, move on. And I can get myself in this situation too. When I, I get, I can get a little rambly. So the thing that people often forget is you can actually stop talking at any time. Once you've realized you've gone too far, like just put your lips together and pause. That's hilarious. So I, I think that's one of the mistakes is that we in sales, it's called selling past the close. It's like the person's like, Hey, Lindsay, you know, this is the way, this is the offer. Here's what it's going to do for you. Is that something you'd like to buy? And by the way, and they just keep going. It's like, it's like, no. When you get to a point, you got to let people process. So you have to stop talking. I would say zip it and wait. I love that. And yeah, they're not going to say yes if they don't have time to. (laughs) And you're too busy yapping. Um, That's right. Yeah. And it is hard to like ask, right? If it feels kind of weird and like, mentally, like as a podcaster entrepreneur, how do we get past that mindset of like, it's wrong to ask? 
Okay, so here, I'm gonna give you an analogy of this. If you go out to eat and you have this amazing meal and you've had it, your, your waitress has just been exceptional. And at the end of the meal, she just comes by and like slides the check and like puts it in front of you and kind of walks off. There's a little part of you that might be going like, she didn't even offer us dessert. Now she might be really great and come by and say, you know, how was the meal? Can I show you the dessert platter? And you go, oh goodness, I had such a great meal. I'm too full. You know, thank you for offering, but I'm going to pass. Okay. You like the fact that she offered it to you mm-hmm. and you like the ability to, to decline. Like it gives you the power to make that decision. You want right. dessert or you don't. Now, she doesn't go back behind the counter. If you say, thank you so much, but I'm, I'm just too full. So I'm going to pass on the dessert. She doesn't go back into the kitchen and be like, can you believe that broad out there? I offered her dessert. And she said, no, I feel so rejected. And I think in sales that too many people act as if, if somebody says no, that they take it as this personal rejection, but sometimes people are just full and they're not ready for next steps with you. (laughs) So it's okay. But if you don't invite them, if you assume that they're too full and you don't offer them dessert, they walk away going like, oh, she thinks I'm so fat that I shouldn't even have some dessert. Like, how dare she? Right. Like we get offended about it as the buyer. So you never want to offend a buyer. And the way that you can ensure you don't offend a buyer is by always issuing that invitation. And then they can decline because they're in charge now. Yeah. And if they get to decline it, it's no hard feelings. If you don't offer it to them, they walk away making up a story as to why you didn't offer them to buy this thing from you or be a part of this program that you put on. Let them decide, stop deciding for people. I love that outlook because it totally changes your mindset and you're like, oh, I'm doing them a favor. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I mean, no. Nobody likes to be excluded. It's kind of like no. if you're having a block party and you invite everybody in your neighborhood except for one house. And even if you're like, well, I didn't invite them because I'm pretty sure they don't want to go. Mm-hmm. If here that you're having a block invited. party, there's yeah. going to be like, well, gosh, guys, let me choose if I want to go. Like, don't decide for me. So stop deciding for mm. prospective clients whether they can buy for you or not. Yeah, yeah. Give them the give them the choice. And the way you give them the choice is by putting an invitation in front of them and allowing for them to say yes to it or decline it. And you don't take it personal one way or the other. I love that. I am using your tips and I am mentally inscribing them into my brain. (laughs) Now I know you've got a closing the sale ebook. So I want to make sure that everyone can get more tips and more sales gold from you. So where can they go to grab that? And what is it? Oh, okay. So it's an ebook that I put together and it kind of talks through the last three steps of the selling staircase and gives some script language for you to just get really comfortable on that close. So it's called closing the sale and how to boost your confidence. And you can get it. It's so easy for you to get, go to your forward slash leverage. You know that from the yes. podcast. So your forward slash leverage, that book will be there for you. You can Perfect. download it. It's a, it's a pretty fast read, but it's, there's got some really good script language in there for you. Yeah. And then we'll be I connected. Yeah. I love that. Perfect. Thank you so much. And then for all you podcasters out there, 
don't be afraid to sell. <laughs> and then Please. you can become a sales maven with the help of Nikki. <laughs> Thank you so much. They are very easy, actionable tips. Totally changes the way you look at it. And, and not being afraid to, to ask. So thank you so much for your insights. I appreciate it so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. Thank right. you. And that is a wrap for this episode of the Leverage Your Podcast Show. What is your next step? Head to leverageyourpodcastshow.com to listen to more episodes to get more insider secrets. And if you are now itching to take advantage of the power of podcasting and launch your own podcast, be sure to grab my free launch guide at launchyourpodcastguide.com. We'll see you soon.